Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're going to be talking about Return of Condor Heroes, episodes 40 through 41. These are the last two episodes of Return of Condor Heroes 2006. Um, this might be a short episode because I don't know. We only had two episodes to, to review, <laughs> so I don't know how, how long we're going to be going unless we get into a meandering discussion. But uh, Adam, what did you think of the conclusion? This is what everything was building up to. What were your feelings these last two episodes? Uh, I liked it on the whole. It was a little abrupt, I think. It, it kind of ends with the conclusion of the battle, pretty much. Mm-hmm. There's there's very little beyond that. It's the kind of ending that if this were a two-hour movie, that would be fine. But it being us having spent 40, 41 episodes with these characters, you kind of want a little more character closure i mean you mentioned the book has more of an epilogue to it and i i feel like they would have been wise to at least tap into a little bit of that i mean the last show we watched battle on five the last episode is just 20 years later the characters get together and it's mainly them just having a reunion and talking to each other and it it you know it just gives you a little bit beyond where the series is. And uh, I, I feel like something like that would have made this more satisfying. But it was, it was a great series. I, 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 that's, that's kind of a nitpick more than anything else. Well, I do think the weakness of this, this version is the beginning and ending for sure. I, I feel like they do kind of, they gloss over a lot of really important stuff early in the story and they, they, they end it well, but if you know what mm-hmm. happens, it's it's like you. There's more. There, there's more that needs to be resolved at the end of this. Um, yeah, it's by no means a bad ending. It just I, I I've got I you know I, I went and immediately started reading the final chapter of the book, which is beyond the you know because this yeah. this basically ends at the end of the second to last chapter of the book, and I I haven't finished the last chapter of the book, but I immediately did have to start reading it because I'm like, well, I want a little more, and I mean, and it. It does exist because, you know, the book is out there. So it's not, you know, and I guess if you've read the book, that is in your head anyway. And a lot of people, a lot of people watching this series are familiar with the story already. So, well, and the, um, and I, th- I think the, the, one of the things that, that I, that I think they really kind of didn't do well here, that they did do well in the books is in the final battle, Huang Yaoshi was actually like, the tactician for that that the big okay. defense and you see almost none of that like you kind of see it in the background but it's not totally clear and yeah. he actually he has this epic formation you know he's all about formations oh and so yeah his big thing that he does is he does like a bagua like formation based on like you know the elements and the the you know the hexagrams and all that stuff and it's amazing it's 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 a really the way it's described in the book is it's just, it's you can sort of picture it like a movie in your head and it's almost like the opportunity is missed, but I can sort of see how they might not have wanted to go on that. Like that, that would have been really hard to replicate visually sure. with uh, you know, sure. they might've been out of CG money or who knows, you know, but, uh, <laughs> That's but they didn't do the epilogue. They just blew their budget and they ran out of money and they're like, okay, we're just going to stop a chapter short. But, but one of the <laughs> things that's a little bit unclear in the, in the show, I mean, not totally, you do, you do get a sense of it, especially that final, standoff on heartbreak break cliff with uh um uh jin loon and the, and the greats and all that but 
the 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 ending is kind of where all of the characters get a chance to be a hero do you know what i mean like mm. like yeah. you know even the guys who might have you might have been on the fence about like huang yaoshi he he really rises to the occasion like everybody kind of you know rises to this heroic moment um you see it but it's just not as clear but but i don't know i i uh i i i, I still think it was a good ending i just i just sort of you know if you're familiar with the story, it is kind of missing something, I think. And this is sort of, um, I, I think, I think where they where they do well in the in the in this series is the relationship between Guo Zhang and and Jin Lun, um, which you get to see. So, but to go over the the plot because I do want to address all the stuff that happens. Very broad strokes here. Number one, uh, we we get the end of that cliffhanger where Yang Guo and Guo Zhang leap down to the bottom of heartbreak cliff and when they're down there they both survive and guajang uh convinces yangua to 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 promise her not to kill himself she uses her last golden needle uh as a as a request and so so even if he doesn't find Zhao long new he's now vowed not to kill himself so so no matter yeah. what happens at this point we at least know yangua is probably gonna at least be okay um uh, yeah, that was a nice scene. I liked that. That 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 scene worked worked very well. And I mean, it's and it it came off well that that Yango, he's he's really touched by that being a gesture. It's like it's not like uh it's not like it's become this horrible obligation that he can't end his pain. It's like it it almost feel like he 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 kind of got a boost and a a a feeling of being okay with going on with his life just yeah. from the fact that it's like yeah other people in the world care about me i matter and i this this doesn't need to be the end of my life so well, i think that's been yango's whole thing the whole way through he's an orphan who doesn't feel wanted and so he you know you know throughout the novel and throughout the series he kind of has this recurring nobody mm. loves me thing going on yeah so you know feeling yeah. wanted is, is an important that, that sort of crystallizes it i think for him um and also there's a battle going up on the top of the cliff between jin lun and jubatong and uh lu ying and reverend yidang and 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 huang yaoshi eventually comes and participates and uh one of the con uh, the two condors arrive and one of them gets smashed and killed yeah the other one goes down to the bottom of the cliff to retrieve it and i think brings up uh Gua Zhang, uh around the, uh, so at some point around around this this moment in the story i i might have my my timeline confused but but one of the the condor uh removes Gua, uh, Gua Zhang soon after she makes yang Gua make that promise and then after that he is reunited with xiao long nu because he finds a uh, sort of hidden lake cave under the lake it's a very confusing thing and it turns out she's been here all this time uh she just couldn't get up because of slippery rocks which we have to talk about this is a very something that i think we need to really discuss and yeah and so they're reunited and they have their moment and and then there's this extended battle up on the on the top of the cliff uh one of the condors dies the other one kills itself which is a callback to something that happens in Legend of Condor Heroes. And also, you know, this is Heartbreak Cliff, so it's very appropriate and uh, also kind of ominous that the condors that represent Guo Jing and Huang Rong are are killed. Um, yeah. But ultimately what happens is uh, because uh, they defeat Jin Lun, they, the, the adults try to crawl down into the, uh, the bottom of, of Heartbreak Cliff and they leave... Uh, Guo Jing behind with a paralyzed Jin Lun thinking that it's perfectly safe and Jin Lun seizes the opportunity and convinces her 
that he's in a lot of pain because of the acupoints that they that they froze and if if they, if she could just tap his center acupoint that he'll be you know it'll alleviate some of the suffering and she does so and he gets up and he abducts her again and mm. and then uh uh the you know the but but the important thing is uh Huang Rong and crew uh, go to the bottom and they, they basically figure out that Zhao Longnu is probably alive. They return to the surface and they have to go back to Zhang Yang to, uh, to you know, deal with the Mongolians and also hopefully reclaim their daughter. There's an enormous battle. And in the battle, uh, Gua Zhang is carted out on, on a tower. Were you with us for the um, uh, Painted Skin Resurrection? Uh, discussion or were you not present i was not because there's a scene in that that reminds me of uh of of this scene but well also uh kenny during the uh the uh which which movie was it uh uh, tai chi master and there was the uh the yes. tower scene in that Kenny Kenny made a, I I didn't know what he was talking about but he kind of said oh it's like in uh, Return of Condor Heroes and uh, and anyone this I I'd forgotten that comment as soon as as soon as he showed up in the tower I'm like that came back to my mind I'm like oh yeah that's what Kenny was talking about and so he's so Jin Loon has her on top of this tower he's also there with Monkey Khan the the grand leader of the Mongolians at this point and and he's threatening to kill her unless uh, Gua Jing comes out and they're basically trying to get. Guo Jing to surrender in exchange for his daughter. Guo Jing comes yeah. out, but he's already had this epiphany where he realizes that defending the city is the most important thing. So he, even for his daughter, he isn't going to sacrifice himself because he realizes that he's this vital piece in the chessboard and that if they sacrifice him, that they can take the city. And so yeah. Huang Rong tries to run out and, and do something and Guo Jing stops her. And then she kind of understands too. And, and and part of the whole thing in this story is Guo Jing is sort of the one person who really has this this understanding of the importance of what's going on here, and all the other characters, uh, you know, are uh, you know sort of moved by his understanding, but they don't fully internalize it the way that he has. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, so he so they end up deciding to defend the city rather than save. Uh, Guo Zhang and Guo Zhang tells her father that she's not afraid to die. She basically, you know, accepts what's going on. And yeah. uh, uh, Yang Guo and Zhao Longnu return, and they're the ones that help lead the rescue of Guo Zhang. And then there's a great battle between Guo, uh, Yang Guo and, and Jin Lun. Uh, Yang Guo just narrowly defeats him. But one of his final moves, I think, is he he deflects a bunch of cannonballs back at the mm-hmm. tower, and this causes it to start collapsing. And while uh, Guo Zhang is standing there, basically thanking him for rescuing her, uh, a bunch of cannons are about to fall on her, and and uh, Jin Moon leaps forward and 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 takes them on himself to 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 save her. So he kind of does like a a last minute self sacrifice. And uh, and then she, uh, you know, she 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 goes over to try to help him and he's clearly dying. And he says, you know, just call me Sifu. And she calls him Sifu. <laughs> and uh, and it's like a very. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think, yeah. One, one interesting beat, too, that comes up is uh, someone someone starts the spills the, the thing that starts the fire around around Guo Jiang at one point. And he's really 
really pissed off at that guy that does it and knocks him off the tower. It's kind of kind of gives you the impression he's using her as a hostage, but that he never had any intention of actually doing it. Yeah. It, was, it gives you the feeling it was an empty threat all along. He was hoping he could kind of use this threat, but he really didn't want her to die. No, it's very interesting. It's the she's the one character that kind of anchors his humanity. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's and it's it's a very rapid transition, but it works for his character because it's all rooted in his desire to to extend his martial arts because he has this fabulous technique, this elephant technique uh, yeah. that, that he can't transition. Baby, baby elephant walk, I believe and, it was called. And uh, and so he uh, so so um, but then uh, after he dies, uh, you know, the, there's a there's a little bit of a scene where Yellow Chi is in peril and Yangoa. Uh, jokingly tells um, Guafu that he'll rescue Yellow Chi if she kowtows to him three times, and she does. She tries to kowtow, and he's like, "No, no, no! Just kidding! You know, I'll, you know, we're we're family. Uh, I will go rescue him." And uh, and then Yangua uh, chases after Monke Khan as he's just trying to escape. And it's a pretty interestingly filmed scene where you have him sort of running along the side of the men, and uh, Monke yeah. Khan is is running away. And he ends up killing him by throwing a stone at him and then impaling him with a spear. And and and, and, and uh, just to be clear, uh, Yango kills Monkey Khan because I was unclear with my pronouns just now. Um, yeah, so. and it's, I, w- I will say one thing that, uh, that that wasn't entirely clear is you know they refer when they're, they're like oh he's dead they're, they're, the great Khan is dead and it, like it made me think you know it's like wait you know it was because we'd already I, I wasn't clear on who that was exactly because it made me think wait is, was Kublai Khan the great Khan or no, was Kublai, that they, Kublai, they Khan, changed Kublai Khan isn't the great now he will become and he will yeah. okay yeah like I said it, that confused me because I was like I don't think that's the same actor, and it's wait, 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 not, and plus I know enough history to know that Kublai Khan does not die before <laughs> taking Zhang Yang. It's, uh... <laughs> well, and what's interesting here is that I, where this guy, uh, Monkey Khan, there's all kinds of different accounts of how he died. He might have died of dysentery. He might have died in battle. He might there there are a bunch of different versions of his death, and so yeah. it's kind of cool that a character that has this ambiguity gets killed by Yangua. And, and so, you know, sort of the definitive yeah. account in this story is Yang got killed him with a spear. Um, yeah, he found a hole in history and he filled it, which is always a good technique in uh, fiction and role-playing games. But, and, uh, and, uh, and so that's, and, and so then uh, Zhao Longnu and Yang Guo, we sort of get the, the opening scene of this series in the opening credits is Yang Guo and Zhao Longnu in front of a moon. And we sort of get that scene where they, they're flying in the sky. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the, the first image we see in every episode is <laughs> there on the credits roll, <laughs> and uh, and so, and then and then Gua Gua Zhang kind of sort of gives a you know sort of a, a parting words at the end of the end of the series. Um, now, you know, obviously the epilogue is missing from this. In the book, they establish who the new five greats are, and there's an extended sequence that sort of leads into Heaven Sword Dragon Saber. Um, but we'll get into that when we get into our Heaven Sword Dragon Saber yeah, discussion. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish the last chapter yeah. by the time we uh, we get to that. So and, and I'll that, be able to discuss that. I think that'll be interesting. I think we're going to try. We'll see how it goes. We're going to try to do the Heaven Sword Dragon Saber book, read through that, talk about it, and see if we can. Uh, and then I don't know. Maybe we'll, if we if we if we have the stamina, we might watch a series. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how. We'll, see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, 
No, it's it's uh, it, there on the whole, I enjoyed it. It's uh, you know, I, you know, I I, I was wondering if uh, you know, I mean, I knew you know, talking about the things you see in the credits, it's like I knew Zhao Wang knew had to appear at least once more in some form yeah. because there's still still images in the credits I haven't seen yeah. yet. You know, well, there's and, always uh, that problem. Also, I just want to say she's flying. She's flying at the moon, right? And so yes. how, come, how come wet rocks are prohibiting her from climbing up the cliff face? Uh, I, in the book, I, I, I like when, we, when, when me and Kenny went through it this time, I, almost, I made a point. I'm like, I'm going to pay it closer attention this time and see if that's ever adequately explained. In the translation we read, I don't think me or Kenny really felt we got an adequate explanation. It's possible we missed some crucial point. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're reading these things and something's mentioned quickly or you're just not on the ball. And so I don't want to say it's not fully addressed in the story. It probably is. But I still feel cloudy on this point of how she was unable to escape from uh, the bottom I, of Heartbreak Cliff. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like a, an issue that comes up uh, in a number of, of Wuxia works where it's like, oh, characters can fly except when they can't. Yeah, and, <laughs> so, it's, and it's not always pure flight. Sometimes it's kind of like no, a, uh, it's like it's a lightness of the body. But I feel like that should have been enough to get her to the to the top of the. She, you know. she, she, the whole series, she's been very, very good at the whole floating around thing. That's, yeah, that's just been a very more than most characters. She's she's done a lot of that. Yeah, so. yeah, I would say so. I would say I would say so. So it's, it's just it's always been a little bit perplexing to me. Now, mm -hmm. something else that I thought was cool, I think it's Lua Shuang who says this. I, I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember entirely. But, but, when, um, but, but she recites Lee Mochu's um Yeah, uh, I picked poem. up on that being yeah. the song. Yeah. And, and, even, uh, even before she got to say it, but even before she said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. that song. And, uh, and she says it when the condor kills itself to sort of emphasize that the uh, condor has sacrificed itself because it can't go on living or something. And I think that's when this happens. Maybe it was at a later point, but she, she says, Oh mortals, what is love that binds beyond life on earth to all corners and pairs. We fly braving summer and winter by and by. And it's just, you've heard this so much by this point in the story yeah. that, uh, it was kind of nice to get a callback to Lee Mocho and, uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah it is, it is uh, kind of interesting having her, you know, as, as Lee Mocho is, is frequently such a cold character in the story, it's like her being brought up as the person that, that's who's quoted for this kind of sentimental, sad scene. <laughs> is, uh, it, just, it just kind of shows the complexity of her a little bit. But it, uh, but yeah, that was it. Was I mean, she's an important enough character. It was nice to have a reference to her at the end of the story. Also, I liked the scene where um, Yango is reunited with Zhao Long Nu, and they're just. You know, he's like, hey, yeah, we'll just stay here forever now. But he gets uh -huh. this sense of foreboding, and he realize, and then you, you know, you don't see what happens, but they end up going to to Zhang Yang and 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 rescuing uh, Guo Zhang. So you you think that you know he he had some kind of sense that she was in peril. Or well, I, I like the way they shot it. They have they have they show Guo Zhang and she's crying and her tears starts to fall. Then it, it cuts to a drop falling yeah. from the ceiling of the cave and landing on on Yang Guo. And I was like, oh that that was that was just very well done. It uh 
and and again we we we've discussed star wars before but it kind of reminded me of i sense a disturbance in the force it felt like that kind of a thing yeah Um, i mean that would have worked by itself but just having the the connection of the teardrop and the the drop kind of disturbing his tranquility there was uh it 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 made it very tangible yeah i I would agree there were there were a lot of really like that was really well shot the final scene where he's running alongside the soldiers and chasing after the con i thought that was a real something about the way that was shot really worked and just in general the way that the camera you know moves around in order to hint at some of the things the characters are supposed to be doing that that are maybe exceeding human potential uh is, it was pretty effective. Like the way the way that they have Xiao Long Nu move rapidly in the battle. Like I don't know how they did yes. it. But there's a scene where you see Gua Fu stationary in the background. In the foreground, you kind of see Xiao Long Nu. It's almost like she's sliding on something. Like they maybe they have her on a um, I don't know some kind Slip of and slide. Yeah, something they're doing. I don't know what the <laughs> technique is, but it's really effective because you you can see how the other characters aren't moving that way, and she's able to just kind of slide. And it's also very stylistic. Um, yeah, it was it, it, the uh, the action in the in the last episode is is very well done without question. Yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I agree. I, I just get, wish even we, if we don't get the grand formation, I just wish we got more of <laughs> Huang Yaoshi and his and his. Uh, uh, just because it's really cool to see him step into that role, and then he assigns each of the formations is led by one of the heroes. So Huang Rong leads one of them, Zhu Batong leads one of them, and he attach he kind of decides which element they're most appropriate to mm-hmm. to be a part of. So it's all it's all very deeply interconnected, and it's you know it would never work in a real situation, but it just it just is a cool visual. Um, yeah, I I would have been fine with and, more. Or Huang Yoshi. I've, I've liked him very much in this series. And I think, like, one of them, like, I think the fire formation literally has, like, these flamethrower-type devices. And, like, the water, I think, is Huang Rong, maybe, with some kind of poisonous, gassy... It was very... It was very cool. Like, it, it, you know, I, Well, as I'm, as I'm reading the last chapter, I'll have to jump forward a little bit and uh, skim through that part of the book as well. Yeah, that's it's definitely a section that's worth reading, I would say. Um, so yeah. And so, yeah, it kind of ends abruptly though. Like we said, you get the, you know, you get the, you know, the con dies and then celebration in the city. Yango is paraded through to the exit. Hmm? Oh yeah. Go on, go on. Can, oh no, I was just going to say, and then we get like the finale. Uh, but what were you going to say? Yeah. I was going to say, we do get, we do get the, uh, the, the nice interaction between Yang and, uh, and, uh, Guo Jin there at the end too, where, where Yang acknowledges it's like, yeah, wow. I basically, you know, I owe every every good thing that's happened in my life to you, even though I kind of resented you for taking me to the yeah. <laughs> to those monks. But that that you know, it's uh, it's it's just a nice moment of closure between the two, where they uh, they 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 they, they make total peace between each other at that point. Yeah, cause it is interesting because if Yango never went to um. Uh, to Tuan Zen sect, he would never have met Zhao Longnu. Like he would have never, mm-hmm. like if 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 Huang Rong had never kicked him off of uh, the island. It, it, you know, it, all these things that that he he had resentment towards were actually critical steps in in him becoming who he was. Um, yeah. So, and it and it is it it is a really complete journey. You see what Yang begins as as yeah. number one, the son of a great villain, and and a and a and a really 
wild kid who could easily go in the same direction of his father and yeah uh and doesn't he ends up he ends up restrained i think because of Xiao long knew i think Xiao long knew is the thing that really prevents him from because imagine see, remember where he was before he met Xiao long knew and you can just so easily see him going down a villain you know <laughs> just under the wrong master he would have yeah you 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 know he was barely even capable of being taught at that point. He was so, uh, like, I mean, Tuanzen definitely had its flaws and did things bad to him. But also, yeah. he was just, you know, he was just he was refusing to too. learn. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, you know, and I mean, we we all, you know, it's it's nice. You also get the scene of uh, Yang Guo kind of, you know, we already talked a bit about the scene with him and. Uh, and, and Guao Fu, where, you know, he, where she asked him to help the husband. And, you know, but he, he was saying, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to help you. You're my sister. We grew up together. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's like he, he makes peace with everyone, even if even in Guao Fu's case. If, it's debatable where she really earned it as much. But, uh, but he, he, he just lets go of every grudge he has against everyone completely at the, in the final episode. And I love the complicated look on her face during all of that, because you're never quite sure like what her internal feeling yeah are. when she when she hugs when she hugs her sister too yeah. when she hugs jang there's yeah. this that i i actually rewound it because there's just this great you know when jang comes over and hugs her and she's just it's just she's like she's like i feel good about this but i'm really confused it was like the actress just nailed that it was just so so perfect and there's, and there's a lot of internal dialogue going on in, in, with that character in the, those moments. So it was very effective, I thought, because you, you really uh, couldn't, without spelling it out, they do a good job, I think, of kind of conveying some of it. Um, yeah, I've, I've noticed in the, the Legend of Condor Heroes series that I'm watching, I'm, I'm currently watching the 2017 series of that, and they, they, they resort to doing the, the voiceover internal dialogue, which which is fine, but it's like they, they get away with, with not doing that in this well, series very yeah, because you can also end up with the the early '80s Dune. Uh, yes. <laughs> Which, yeah, uh, exactly. It's 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 a dangerous technique. It's <laughs> if you could if you could not use it, it's always better to to skip the uh, the voiceover. Yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would, I would, I would agree with that. But um, but yeah. So I mean that that was uh, I don't know. I think I think we've covered a lot of the. Uh, of the of the key things going on here i'm sure i don't know do you have any other thoughts on the uh on the on the show in general on uh let's see i i mean having watched all of it i would i would definitely uh recommend before watching this taking in some form of the original legend of condor heroes either either watching the tv series just watching brave archer is enough even though it's a really truncated very cut down version of the story and you miss all the historical context it at least sets you up for all the characters you will yeah. be familiar with all the characters so that would be the minimal version but uh taking in the book or a a series would uh, would be my recommendation if you really want to appreciate this one fully yeah i can tell you what happened to me was i i think i this was the first one that I saw, and then I, uh-huh. I, but I had watched an episode of Legend of Condor Heroes, and I was trying to get that that series. But when I placed my order, I I got this mm-hmm. series, and so that's how I, 
you know, so I ended up with, you know, I was like, well, this is clearly not what I was watching, but I'll, you know, I got, I got DVDs. I might as well watch everything. And so that's yeah. kind of what sent me on my, my journey with this. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're probably better off generally getting familiar with the first story. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, you would you would enjoy the series fine without it, but there's a lot of points you're just not going to get. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of character like uh, I had a, when I when I first watched this, I had a lot of character confusion because some old guy shows up and you don't really know his full significance. Um, but I I, yeah. I think uh, I think I think you I think again I I, I think that this is this, the the Legend of Condor Heroes trilogy in general. Whatever form you get it in, it's pretty essential viewing reading you know for any kind of wuxia stuff so you know if you if you if you want if you want like just to have a sense of what the genre really is you definitely need to at least get legend of condor heroes under your belt and ideally yeah. get legend return and heaven sword dragon saber there's other stuff that that's also important to read and understand but i think this is like a this is like the most like no these characters are so widely known in the culture you you just really need to uh to 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 become familiar with them in some form i think um, yeah and i mean it's and it's not like I'm, I'm handing out homework going you have to go through legend of condor heroes before you get to return just you just have to bear through it because it's 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 as good a story on its own right so yeah. it's not it's i mean the only respects in which i can say return of condor heroes are better is just because it's it's building on the cool yeah. stuff in the first one, but uh, there, it's not. It's not. It's not a terrible thing to have to uh, go through Legend first. No, in fact, I think I think that the cool thing about this trilogy is you can have a really good debate on which is the best of, in all of them, and it's always really hard to sort of settle that question. You know, a lot of people yeah, like that is sort of Dragon Saber. A lot of people like this one. A lot of people like Legends. Um, for me, it's almost you know at this point, it's almost just what mood am I in? Um, mm -hmm. but well, I, I like, I like that they are very different. I mean, the, the love story, they both center on love stories to an extent to, I'm familiar with, but they're very different characters and very different love stories. So it doesn't, but the vote, you know, you might think, oh, they both center on a love story. A lot of, a lot of authors would kind of fall into a, a pattern, but there's, there's a lot, a, a very different feel to them. Yeah, well, I know one of his aims as a writer, I've probably said this before, is he always wanted to make characters that uh, were unique, that hadn't been done before. Every time, and, he, and, he, and he acknowledged he probably didn't always do that, but that was always his goal, was I want to yeah. make a character that hasn't been made before, you know, that nobody's ever seen. And you, you can feel that with the way, like, you know, like a character like Zhu Batong, you know, is <laughs> he is sort of a unique guy. And Zhao Long News, very, there's always a... And, and it's and it's not done in the way that we tend to see characterization done now. It's done in in Lewis Cha's way, and and I, I like that. I like that it's not, you know, he's not he's not tied to 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 a lot of what I don't know. I find a lot of like a lot of very character focused stuff that's done now. I almost get bored with because it gets too tedious, sort of probing the layers of the characters. There's. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pop psychology elements to a lot of writers now, where it's it's not it's based it's based more on theory of character than yeah. than people, and it's boring. <laughs> and and this is just sort of based more. It's more of a common sense approach to making characters. Yeah. It's not drawn from like there's like some psychological reason why this. It's based on well, this is you know what you would think might be the case, and I I kind of just find yeah. that better. It also it's not you know. It, 
if if he had done it the other way, if he had said, "I'm going to use the latest, you know, you know, psych theories or whatever to explain my characters," I think it wouldn't have worked as well because then it would have been forever tied to like 1959. You know, you would have had this like yeah, uh, yeah. Let's. I mean, because I, I'll agree. I think the characters are really the strength of this series mm-hmm. because there's, you know, a, a Lewis Chaz strength because it's like there are points where the plot is kind of strained or overly yeah. convenient. I mean, the whole explanation of what happened to Zhao Longnu, like you say, there's lots of problems there. There's multiple problems there. But you're, you're just happy enough that Zhao Longnu and Yang Gao are back together and they, they made such a big sacrifice and had such emotional weight that the characters are good enough to carry you through any any plotting flaws you can come up with. So it, it works. Just that, yeah, I mean, just because of the characters. Yeah, no, I, I, w- I would agree with that. I mean, and, and again, it's, you know, the, the, the characters, it, it, it's really hard to understand what we mean when we say this, unless you see, if you haven't seen Return yeah. of Condor Heroes, if you haven't read it, there's there's just so much going on with all these characters, and they're, uh, and so much of it is fun. That's the part that I really like about. Yes, it. it's very. It's yes. not. It's not. It's not. It doesn't take itself so seriously that it forgets to have fun with the characters, and I think that's the important bit. You're, you're, you know, it, it's this balance of fun, but also enough emotional weight, like you said, that you care about them. And yeah. Uh, well, that's, you know, I mean, I've, I've said this before, but my, my introduction to the wuxia genre was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon back when that came out in the theater. And I like the movie. It's good, but it's 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 serious in a way that gave me a misleading idea about what the rest of the genre was like. And because I didn't end up digging deeper into it, I've, I've had this feeling that wuxia was a very serious, dramatic genre i mean it does have drama to it but it's it's very heavily balanced with with just pure fun <laughs> yeah no yeah and it's cap it's capable of doing both you can have a fully yes. serious one but but you also can have uh you know fun you can also go you know gulong sort of goes he's he's like lewis chan that he has these interesting characters but it's a, it's a little bit darker and mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit more serious but there's still like a fun element there's still like an eccentric thing going on that that makes it enjoyable um yeah and that's what you know and i mean going, going back to the character thing too i mean that's why as a bare minimum i feel you can get away with watching brave archer before yeah watching this because you're, you're missing 90 percent of the plot if you watch that but you will know all the important characters you yeah. need to know because that movie does get the characters yeah best. yeah in fact I, I would definitely second that i would say if you want to watch return of condor heroes and you don't want to you don't want to watch like all of legend watch the brave archer series at least one through three and you'll be prepared. yeah yeah one through three that, yeah i forgot to add that qualification <laughs> uh, you know you'll be and, and you'll be fully prepared and brave archer is a great it's a chang Che film it's got i I, yes. I we debated this but i think it's got one of the best introductions ever to a movie where they just yes. have this endless parade of characters and uh yeah and, yeah just if you're at home just google uh brave archer uh credits and you'll you can just i've I've noticed there's a youtube video of it and that that's just i I just find that an enjoying little thing by itself and also you get the unbelievable i think in brave archer three but i could be wrong maybe it's two you get the unbelievable yideng finger uh yes (laughs) which uh which which was very divisive on the podcast but i think it's one of the the, it's it's the most 
the best way to describe it is it's the most groovy display of martial prowess ever put on film. I think that's like... <laughs> and the music, the music yeah. is perfect as well. But uh, that's another thing. Uh, yeah, the there is a YouTube video of that. I believe the YouTube video is called <laughs> Li Tong is the Southern Emperor is the name of the video. Okay. So put that into YouTube and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But but Brave Archer is available on Prime, I think. So people can go to Prime if they have that and they can watch it. Oh, yeah. Um, watch the whole movie, definitely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Return of... Now, one thing I do want to talk about before we end is um, appropriation of music. In, in these scenes because <laughs> yeah. you see that, that's, that's something that's you know we watch a lot of Shaw Brothers on the podcast and we see that all the time they'll be playing some Ennio Morricone music or some other type of music and I think I don't know if it was I don't think it was completely ripped I think there was some kind of musical service that they purchased that allowed them to have access to these clips but I'm not 100% sure um, you know I, I don't really know but but the impression you get is they're just kind of ripping music from different movies off my head the last recently we've had like the uh dark knight music we've had we've had brazil the brazil soundtrack comes up a lot there's uh uh Transformers soundtrack gets thrown Transformers. in here the, yeah the, the, the virgin suicide the virgin suicide soundtrack by air was used uh, a lot in the, the later episodes too and we got the uh, 92 Dracula soundtrack uh, during the more obvious, oh, yes. which really works well in Passionless Valley because there's kind of a Dracula vibe going on there. And yeah, so, yeah. But but I guess what I what I really re number one I thought this uh, this series does that splendidly. It just kind of takes it into the modern day, like they they like whereas you know the Shaw Brothers was using contemporary pieces of music, you know, for a lot of their stuff. This is using contemporary music, like I you know you hear the Transformers soundtrack you know exactly what what they're calling to when they do it but it has yeah. a totally different feel in that in that movie i really wish that this was a more common practice because i think it adds to the movie I, th I think there's something to be said for taking a familiar piece of music that people have a they know what it's supposed to do like you know what you're supposed to feel when this yeah, music happens i'd say that the only one that really kept jarring with me was having music from brazil in there because brazil is such a disturbing weird dystopian movie every time it would come in i'd kind of get this this angst would kind of hit me i'm like ah oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> which, which was never appropriate to the scene <laughs> there's always there's always that possibility there's always you know associations people can have with the music but um but sometimes it's sort of like you know you you it, it's sort of like, like and, and, I, and I do want to make a point. Star Wars kind of does that. One of the reasons why Star Wars works is because he's really draw like he's drawing on yeah. specific pieces of music. He's 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 making something new. So it's not like he's ripping it off, but they could have just as easily had just taken that music and put it in and you would have had a very similar effect, I think. And mm -hmm. I think um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's something to be said for for doing that. There's even I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's 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 a weird age we live in as human beings where music is kind of owned and restricted and you can't freely just pop music into any creation you want. And for most of human history, there isn't any such thing as copyright. And so there's a lot more looseness with that kind of thing. And I mean, it, it, I'm not saying copyright's bad by any means, but it, uh, it, it has a weird, weird effect in that way. I, f I feel like I feel like there should be a much more limited copyright that only applies to the person who made the music. And, do you know what I mean? Like I, I, 
yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, not to go on a tangent, but like I, I think we've gone way too far with the way co- music copyright is handled. And I think that there's no room for real folk music because you can't, if everything's copyrighted, you can't do what folk music does, which is, you you know, somebody makes a song and then you take that song and you add your thing to it and then it just keeps going down the line. And you yeah. sort of see that naturally emerging on YouTube, but now it's coming to an end because, you know, people are starting to cl- to, to, cu- to 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 bring a halt to, to uh, illegal uses yeah. of music. Well, the fact, you know, the fact that like, you know, Lord of the Rings, I mean, how long has Tolkien been dead? And that is still like privately owned by by organizations and corporations. And yeah. it's like that that should belong to the public at this yeah. point. There's just no question. <laughs> so our extreme views on copyright aside, you know, that's right. Very, very good uh, uh, version of Return of Condor Heroes, I think. I think. Um, yeah. I think that it's uh, I don't know. I, I I I have nostalgic attachment to this version, um, so I think that I'm biased, and I don't know that I can I can you know examine I, it next to other ones and say that it's objectively better. But I I just really like this version. Yeah, I I I'm not entering with a bias that I know of, and I I I found it very enjoyable. It's uh, I I I, th- I think it's it's great. I uh, yeah I I mean I. I I, I, I wish there was a version of Legend of Condor Heroes that tied more closely to the exact same tone and everything as this one. But, uh, but you know, because uh, it would, would be nice to have the whole story kind of with uh, with, with more continuity. But, uh, but you know, it's, but it's, it's very well done. Which version are you watching? You're watching the 2017 version? or are you? Watching... Yeah, I did. I asked the one I'm, I'm watching okay. at the moment. Which, uh, yeah, there's for people who don't know, there's like a billion versions of each of these series. <laughs> I've, I've, I've watched parts of others. Is it uh, the the uh, 2004, 2006, whatever the one around there? I've watched some of that. Yeah, well, the and people I, that made this one, I think, made a version of Legend of Condor Heroes a few years before. Um, yeah, it's got it the didn't woman from feel the same to me. I, I didn't get into that one. It didn't work for me, unfortunately. And there's there's also there's a '90s version. The '90s versions of Legend and Return get a lot of praise. I just have had trouble finding them in English. So um, yeah, that's that's been the big hurdle. But but for, but from what people uh, who who understand the language have told me, those are like considered the those are like really uh, highly uh, revered versions. Uh, there's all you know. There's also the early '80s versions, which you can get in in English, and and those those are good. But you do see some of the production value. Uh, at, you know, you can tell uh, that that you know that money was sometimes an issue, or that it was just sort of an early '80s production. Just like if you go back and you watch an American show from the early '80s, you get I've, that. You know, I've watched some of the early '80s version with, without subtitles you know just to kind of get a look at it and it's it is already I mean, it is very low budget i mean it's 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 kind of kind of uh you know go like going back and watching you know 70s doctor who or something you know or watching i claudius it's like very limited in it but i i, I like the uh, i like the performances in it i can see why it's got a lot of appeal and also i should mention because if people want to um if, if people want to get this I think they can still get it on DVD. I have, uh, I think it's a Tai Sang version, but I'm not 100% sure. Let me see if I can find out who made it. Um, I apologize if people hear me typing. Um, but uh, 
I do want to kind of get this. All right, so it looks like you can still get it for $80, but that's not the version that I have. What I would do, though, is I would go to, to Yes Asia, and and they probably have a version of it there. And and uh, the version I have is now going for $96. So you're probably better off going to um, to Yes Asia. But, uh, but these are still available, and I think the more people actually buy them, the, the, the more we'll actually see, you yeah. know, them being done in English and, you know, the books being translated. So, uh, so I would definitely encourage people always check out Yes Asia first would be my recommendation. Then check Amazon or eBay and you can sometimes find these on DVD. Sometimes they're, they're, they're impossible to get or you have to pay like $500 because it's been out of, uh, circulation for so long. Um, but, but this, it's definitely worth getting them on DVD. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so I uh, I think is that everything? Are we are we? Uh... I think we're done. We've we've run out of yeah. This this it's kind of sad. It's another series over with. But uh, but I will say we have um, painted skin coming this Friday to talk about, uh, and and so I'm looking forward to that. And I also know that there's another episode of uh, Wusha Workshop uh, around the corner. And, and I think, I forget what we're going to discuss, but I know, uh, I think one of the movies we're going to talk about will actually be the original Flying Guillotine. Um, so that should be uh, an interesting discussion. And if anybody's interested, there is a, uh, if, if anybody uh, uh, follows Jong Hu Hustle, they have a discussion of Master of the Flying Guillotine, which is, um, which is a Jimmy Wayne Yu sort of version of the of of one of the flying guillotine movies and it's 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 one of the better one of the better ones out there so uh it's it's worth it's worth uh it's worth listening to them if you have any interest in following our flying guillotine discussion because we're going to talk about the original and i think i think uh if people haven't seen the movies they'd benefit from from understanding what master the flying guillotine is about so so all right so uh we will let you go and we will talk to you later